Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Sunrise. Welcome to worship on this cool, cool fall morning. Um, my name is Dan. I'm the worship director, and we're a blessed to he be here singing and worshiping with you and hearing from the Lord. Why don't you guys stand with us <clears throat> as we prepare our hearts to worship and sing and um, just focus on the Lord today. Hear these words from um, 2 Samuel, actually. I, I often read from the Psalms to kind of kick things off in the morning, but this is from 2 Samuel. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. For who is God besides the Lord? Who is the rock except our God? The Lord lives, praise to me, praise to my rock, exalted be my God, my Savior. Therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing praise to your name. Let's sing praise to the Lord this morning, our God. Forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. 
today and we won't be quiet oh we shout on your praise there's joy in the house of the lord our god is surely in this place and we won't be quiet
Jesus breathe with 
Good morning, sons of Adam, and good morning, daughters of Eve. Welcome to our Sunrise Garden. It's a great place. I'm glad you're here. If you're new with us today, either here in our room or online through our Facebook stream, uh, we hope you'll connect with us. There's QR codes on the back of the chairs, and there is a connection link right in our Facebook page, so please connect with us. We'd like to get to know you and we'd like you to become part of our family here at Sunrise. So, exciting day today. Um, derby race. <laughs> the, uh, the derby car race is right after the service today, down the hall. If you brought a car, make sure that you check it in at the kitchen window on your way down to the race event. Um, we have a partnership class coming next Sunday. Uh, next Sunday here at church, lunch will be provided. It's again right down the hall, our favorite place. And uh, so we hope you'll join us for partnership class. If you'd like to know more about how this place operates and what's involved in being a part of our family. So we hope you'll join us. Um, we're doing a Thanksgiving food drive. There's a table set up in the lobby that has any, some examples. The only thing missing from that is a turkey of some kind, our traditional Thanksgiving Fair, so if you could be a part of that food drive, that'd be great. We're, we're trying to help out 250 in-need families for the Thanksgiving holiday. So please, if you can, bring a, a shopping bag with uh, all the fixings for a Thanksgiving dinner. And 
We have our, it sounds like it might be the Alpha version, Thanksgiving Potluck Dinner 1.0, 1.0. So, but that's coming up the Sunday before Thanksgiving Day uh, here at church. We're going to try to have a potluck right here in the service. And uh, they tell me that details will follow. But if you want to put that on your calendar, join us for a Thanksgiving potluck here at church on Sunday the 21st. Do I have the right day? Yeah, that's the right day. Okay. All right. And here comes this young lady. Sorry, Dan, I'm hijacking it. If you want to come up, and Dan Dupuy and Tanner, and I don't think Penny's in the room, but we'll get her later. So some of you may have know, some of you may not know, but um, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. So we obviously love our pastor, and we want to show not only appreciation to him, but to our whole staff. Um, we are so grateful for all of the stuff that they do. Um, we know that they keep this place running 24-7, not just during normal hours of the week. And we appreciate you, we appreciate your families, and all that um, you do for us. So we would like to present you with a little gift from the elders, from the directors, and from the partners here at Sunrise. Can we give them a round of applause, please? My name is Dan, and it is great to see all of you here this morning. Before we jump in, I'm going to say a prayer, not for the sake of this, but to also help you guys out. Back here on this table are little coffee creamer looking things that we're going to use for communion. If you did not grab one of these on the way in and you want to participate in communion, I want to invite you to go ahead and go back there and grab one of those. Some, there's one brave person already going, see? Everybody look at that. Now you can all feel comfortable standing. There you go. Yes. It's always the first person. All right. Go ahead and grab that. And as you're grabbing that, I just want to point out that right now, Michigan's record in football is better than Ohio State's. <laughs> Some of you are excited about that. That's good. Okay, so as you find your way back to your seats, <clears throat> the church has been given uh, directions by Jesus. Uh, the church is structured to be like the disciples who were called by Jesus to follow him. And in pursuit of that, there are many things that Jesus invited his followers to do, and one of them we call communion. Uh, that is the time where we get together in moments like these, and in whatever way we are able to, we distribute bread, we distribute juice, in some places wine, in order for us to recall again that first time that Jesus gathered his disciples in a space and asked them to partake with him in what we now call the Last Supper. And so we're going to do that this morning. Uh, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are invited to take that with us. If you're someone who is here or you're online and you're trying to figure out this whole Jesus thing, you don't know if you're part of the church, that's okay. No one is watching you to see if you participate with us, but this is a time for those of us who follow Jesus to, take, uh, to participate together in a very specific practice that Jesus invited us into. And so before we do that, I want to invite you to pray with me. God, we're here this morning as a part of your church, we call ourselves Sunrise, and we acknowledge that we are just a small part of 
a significantly huge number of people all around the globe, throughout all of history, who have decided to believe what you've taught and to hang our lives on yours. And so, God, I pray that this morning as we take the time to drink this juice, to eat this bread, that we would do it remembering who you are and what you've done for us. In Christ's name, amen. Now, before uh, we consume this bread and this juice, I want to jump to Luke chapter 20, chapter 22. And this is where Luke records for us what happened there at that upper room. When Jesus has his disciples together, he's about to go to the cross. He knows that his time has come, and he's invited everyone who's been following him, these first 12 people, to be with him. And in that room, you've got John, who declares himself to be Jesus' favorite. I'm the beloved one, he says. And you've got Peter, who is about to reject Jesus three times when he's directly asked just the simple question, do you know who this Jesus is? Also in that room are no-namers who you don't even remember. Also in that room is Judas Iscariot, the man who was about to betray Jesus and hand him over to the legal authorities who would actually kill Jesus. And in that picture, we all find that there's a seat for every one of us to participate in this Last Supper. Jesus doesn't say to his first 12 disciples or to any of us, now wait a minute, you can't be here. The door is wide open, and the invitation is always for us to follow him. So if you are someone who feels like a no-namer, if you are someone who has, when you've been asked about Jesus, turned your back on him, not once, not twice, maybe not even three times, but a billion times, there's still a seat for you. And if you're someone who right now has plans to go way off track with your life, to leave what you've known as you've tried to follow Jesus, there's still a seat for you. And it is in the context of that kind of a group of people that Jesus says these words. He says, this is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let me back up. I actually skipped first. Jesus took bread, he gave thanks and broke it, according to Luke, and he gave it to them, his disciples. He spread it out and he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And in these words, we find that Jesus came not just to give us some kind of magical knowledge, but to give of his own body for the sake of us. And so I want you to go ahead and grab one of these. If you're at home and you've got bread or whatever it is you've got with you, go find something. What it is exactly is not what's magical, but what it represents is what's meaningful. And so you've got two layers of plastic there, and these things are a pain in the neck to open up. But if you can open that first clear piece of plastic, there's a small wafer. And this wafer... It's just a wafer. There's nothing special about it. But what is special about it is what it represents. Jesus says, this represents my physical body 
that I am giving for you, the no-namers, that I am giving for you, the one who says that you're my favorite. I'm giving this for you. And so what I want you to do, Sunrise, what I want you to do, global followers of mine, is to take the time to take a piece of bread and put it in your mouth and eat it. And as you do that, remember that I gave my life for you. One of the things that Paul tells us that we should do prior to eating this bread and drinking this cup is to examine ourselves. Not for the sake of figuring out if we are worthy of taking this bread and drinking this cup, but to find out if the action we are about to take actually reflects the declaration of our lives. And so I'm going to push the pause button for a moment and give us the space to just think. Whether you need to close your eyes, grab your partner's hand, or your child's hand, just do a quick inventory. Not to beat yourself up, but so that you can take this bread and your mind be fully present, recognizing that as you take this, you are declaring that it's Christ's body that was given for you. So I want to invite you to do that now. So just as Jesus told his first disciples, we will take this bread, recognizing that it is Christ's body given for us. In the same way, after they had finished their meal, I don't know if they cleared their plates or not, there was a moment of raising a glass of wine. You can believe that it's Welch's like the Baptist people that I grew up with, but it's wine. Jesus takes something that is ordinary and common, and he says, I want you, an ordinary and common person, to consume this juice, remembering that it is my blood that's going to make you whole. It's not what you declare. It's not what you choose to not do. It's not what you choose to do. But this blood is the new covenant of my love for you. And I want you to drink this, remembering that your worth and your value comes from my life. So I want you to drink this blood in remembrance of me. God, it is a weird thing to consider that you would come to this earth in the form of Jesus, that you would give yourself for us, not just emotionally, not just spiritually, but to do that physically, to literally give your body for the sake of us so that our value would be found, so that your love for us would be felt so that our senses would be pulled into a reminder of your love for us. We can taste and we can smell and we can feel the reminders of your love. So God, we thank you for that. We thank you for your body that was given for us. 
Christ's name, amen. What do you think of your body? When you look in the mirror or you get out of the shower and you're drying off, what do you tell yourself about your body? Before you put on makeup, before you put gel in your hair, as you're putting on your pants that came out of the dryer and so they're a little bit tighter than they are when you put them on after a day of already wearing them, what do you tell yourself? Students, as you're leaning in and popping that zit and the other one before school, what are you telling yourself about your body? Last week, our conversation was centered around this idea that our attention and where we place it matters. We are in the second week of this series that we're calling Try Softer. We live in a world that tells us to just try harder all the time. And last week, our conversation was on ourselves. How do we focus our attention well? And one of the things that we learned is that about 60% of our mental energy is spent thinking about ourselves. If you look online, if you follow certain studies that like to throw percentages out there, about 80% of what we put on Facebook, social media, TikTok, Instagram, whatever it is, Snapchat, is about ourselves. And I think very close behind that, what we think about often has to do with our bodies. And so what do you tell yourself about your body? I know that for me, I can see my body like a Taco Bell taco or Crunchwrap Supreme. Who's with me? Crunchwrap Supreme right there? That's right. When I eat that food, I'm doing it so that I feel good. Not thinking about what's going to happen an hour from now. But I want that food to taste good, and I want it to serve me well, right? Do you view your body in the same way? I know growing up, <laughs> I've played all kinds of sports, soccer, basketball, baseball, wrestling. I was not the center in basketball, in case you were wondering. <laughs> but throughout those years, and many of you will relate to this, I didn't take very good care of my body. Like, I, I didn't stretch unless, as a team, we were told we needed to stretch before practice or before a game. And so very slowly, my hamstrings and my calves all got a little bit tighter and shrunk a little bit. And that wasn't really until I ran my second marathon when I was at about mile 12 and I couldn't run anymore. And I stopped at a tent and there's a woman there about my age who I needed help from. I told her, my legs are killing me. And so she grabbed some Bengay and she rubbed them from the bottom of my butt cheek all the way down to my ankle. And I told her, thank you so much. I am so sorry, but thank you so much. But my body was not in good shape because I expected my body to serve me. I didn't take care of my body very well. For those of you who have matured a bit in life, you understand that at some point, life takes a turn, and we can't expect our bodies to take care of us, but we have to take care of our bodies, right? You push away the Taco Bell, and you pull toward you the salad from Panera Bread, which are pretty good. I'm not trying to make a plug for these restaurants, by the way. <laughs> at some point, we turn the corner, hopefully, away from thinking that in order for us to be beautiful, we have to put a layer of powder and 
makeup on ourselves, or we have to show up at the gym on a regular basis so that we look a certain way in order to continue to still be us. Why do we have such a hard time with how we view our bodies? Because I think if we're honest, we all think things like, man, I wish I wouldn't have shaved my beard because I look a lot better with one, I think. (laughs) Or doggone it, I wish I didn't have arthritis. If only I didn't have arthritis, then I would be who I am. So what are we supposed to do with this? How are we supposed to view our bodies well? I mean, it's Jesus who said that he gave his body for us. It's God himself who created us with bodies. What in the world kind of value do we see in these things? Or do we just cruise past them and think, well, our bodies are just the container for the real us to live inside of and to put up with our physical bodies until our physical bodies decide to peter out. When Jesus sits with his disciples, as they recline around a table, he could have said to them, this bread right here represents my teaching, my affection for you. This blood represents my intellectual arguments that I've made for you. And I want you to remember the emotions that I have for you and the intellectual arguments that I made for you and to celebrate that on a regular basis. But he doesn't do that. Jesus says, this is my body. There's something valuable about our bodies. Valuable to the point that God decides to take on the form of a human being with a physical body in order to walk with us in a physical body and then to give that physical body for the sake of his followers. And when God creates Adam and Eve, he gives them bodies. And all of us have physical bodies with stretch marks, with moles, with hair that's falling out, or hair that sometimes doesn't lay the way that we want it to. Jesus describes those who follow him. He calls them a few different names. One of them is bride. One of them is family, but another is body. All of us together in this room, those of us who follow Jesus throughout the world, through all of time, are called one word sometimes by Jesus, by the church of God, and that is called a body. Why is that? We grow up in a world that often tells us and we subscribe to the idea that was presented during the time that Jesus walked the earth and that is our bodies are not that important. We have to push down our body's desires. We have to push down our body's needs and we have to focus on what is spiritual. And to an extent, there's some truth in that. We do have to resist some things. Scripture is clear about not satisfying all of the desires of our flesh. (laughs) But Scripture is also clear that we should take care of our bodies. We know that when our bodies feel hunger, we should value them by feeding them, right? We know that when we are near 
the family who has lost a loved one, just as Jesus was near Martha and Mary as they had lost Lazarus, that your body responds, and Jesus responds with tears. In, <laughs> in the world that Jesus lived in at that time, they would have talked often about their splachnan. Say that with me, splachnan. Ready? One, two, three. Splachnan. That's my favorite Greek word. And what it means is guts. Your innards, your intestines, your stomach, that place that the food you eat rocks sometimes. That place that can give you cues about what's going on with your body. People long ago understood that we could understand how it is we are doing as whole people, integrated with our physical, spiritual, emotional lives, if we can pay attention to our splachnan. When Jesus is standing there with Mary and Martha and he sees Lazarus, it is his splachnan, his physical body that feels that there is something that is not right in this situation, and his physical body, his emotional body, responds with tears. The same thing happens as Jesus overlooks Jerusalem, and he cries for the city of Jerusalem, knowing that they are not where they need to be. His splachnan responds. What does your splachnan do in your world today? Do you pay attention to it? <laughs> when you watch the news and your kids are in the room and there's, of course, something on the news that's tragic because that's just about all that's there, sometimes do you feel in your splachnan, your guts, a sense of uneasiness, a sense that things are not okay? I want to suggest to you that that in itself, that physical manifestation that your body is letting you know something is not right, is something that we were designed to feel and to experience. When you see your body, how do you see it? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but how many, of you, how many of you as you look at your body, you think, man, I'm satisfied with this thing? How many of you think, man, if only I could fix these things, <laughs> then my body would be okay? If I could just get rid of these braces, if I just didn't have to wear glasses, if that shea butter would have only worked on those stretch marks. I'm saying this as someone who feels the exact same things that you do about my own body at times. Where sometimes I can celebrate it, sometimes I can be really dissatisfied with it. Sometimes I can say in the mirror with my words or with my mind that this body is not what it should be and I am not happy with it. But if we go back to how Jesus sees the church and what he calls it, he calls it his body and he gives himself for it, for every piece of it. For the, those of us who jump out and say, I'm your favorite part of your body. 
right here. That's me. He gives his body for the whole body, the parts of us that say, could you put a little bit more deodorant on me? He gives his whole body for the parts of us that are going to run away from us. (laughs) The skills that we had are going to go away. The pride that we had in that left hand before it fell apart. Jesus gave himself for even that part of his spiritual body, the church. And I don't think it's an accident that Jesus, that the writers of the New Testament call all of us who have decided to follow Jesus throughout all of history a body. I don't think it's an accident that Paul goes back to that picture over and over and over again and talks about our spiritual gifts, the things that we can do well, the things that we can't do so well, the fact that we need to depend on each other as though a body that has to have a pinky that depends on a hand to be connected to that. And in the midst of a love for a group of people who are not perfect, who are his body, Jesus responds by giving his body. So as we look at last week's conversation on where is our attention, and we look at this week's conversation of how do we view our bodies, if we were to fuse those two together and ask this question, when we view our bodies, is our attention on God and the way that he has made us and the body that he has given for us, or is our attention on our own bodies and our own frustrations with what they can or cannot do? There's this language that is used in the New New Testament of we can't serve both God and man. We can't serve God and manna. We can't be a people who are invested in both places because when we try to do that, our splachnan feels gross. We feel awful. Our shoulders get tense. We don't know how to come into church with our own bodies and to present them authentically. We present part of them. We present our physical and our spiritual bodies in veiled ways. And I think what Jesus came to do when he said, I give my body for you, was not just to say, I love you so much that I will give everything that I have to show you that I love you. I think he also does it to say to us, this body that I have is worth more than you know, and therefore your body that you have is more valuable than you know Don't you remember in the Old Testament where David says that God knows the number of hairs on your head and that God stitched you, he formed you, he made you exactly the way that you are while you were in your mother's womb and he loved you before you even came out? Do we have things that we look at about our bodies and we think, man, it would look a whole lot better compared to this idea of a body over there? Yeah, of course we do. But if we can look at our bodies, this part of us that even in churches we can feel uncomfortable talking about because, well, it's not very spiritual to talk about our bodies. If 
we can look at it through the lens of this thing was carefully put together by a God who sent his son to inhabit a body and to give that body for us, it gives a completely different view of our bodies. When we look in the mirror and we see ourselves, we have an opportunity to focus our attention up toward the heavens and to say to God, thank you for this body that you've given to me. Thank you for the numbers of hair on my head. Thank you for the gray hair that though I got them from my small children, according to Proverbs, is a sign of wisdom. That I've lived a long life where if I take the time to comb through it, I can see how you have walked with me and with my spiritual body, with my emotional state, with my physical body to the place where I am now. We can look at the stretch marks on our own bodies or on our spouse's bodies and celebrate the fact that that body was made to give life to another body, (laughs) to many other bodies, to sustain other bodies in just the same way that God gave his own body so that we would find sustenance. And when our backs break, and when our hands need surgery or our knees go out or we find out that we have cancer inside of us, we can still love our bodies well. Because if for no other reason, we can remember that Jesus gave his body to go through a torment that we will never know so that he would know what it is like for us to live in physical bodies that are not perfect. And he could stand up and give his own body for you. And so when we take communion, we celebrate not only what God has done for us by giving us his son who would give his body for us, but we also knowingly and unknowingly take into ourselves the identity of being Christ's body himself. None of us, as we think about Christ's body, think, oh man, if only he would have, oh, I, ah. he's a great looking guy except he has these moles, we're going to call them beauty marks. Or it would have been really great if his body didn't have to be whipped or whatever it is. No, we think of Christ's body and we're thankful that it was given for us. And so I think as Scripture mentions the various things that it does about Adam and Eve being created and being given bodies and that our bodies, the numbers of hair on our head are counted, that we have been woven together in our mother's wombs and that we right now have our own physical bodies, we can recognize if we take the time to see it that our bodies are a critical part of who we are and that we can be thankful for those things. So I want to close by walking through just a quick exercise here. Because I think sometimes our body gives us cues that we can push past because we have a whole lot of work we got to do and I'm not going to pay attention to it because my physical body isn't that important. But I think if we can take the time to notice our splachnan, we can respond to the people and the situations around us in the way that we need to. So what I want you to do is you can close your eyes if you want to, but I want you to be in a space where you can think and reflect for a moment. As you do that, I want you to pay attention to your shoulders. How tense are they right now? 
Try to relax them. Why are they tense? If they're tense. Are you holding on to things that have happened this week that are causing you anxiety? Are you nervous about what's coming up? Are there things in your mind that you need to carry over to someone else so that your attention and your body are moving in a direction of becoming more like who God has designed you to be? How's your splachnan, your guts? What kind of a cue is your physical body trying to give you about your whole integrated body? Is there something that you need to talk to someone about? (laughs) Is there homework, a project that you need to do when you get home? Do you need to take care of your body differently? God, you give us these bodies for a reason. And it's not just so that our emotions, our uh, intellect, our psychological states can be contained in one place, but it's to be a fully integrated part of who you've made us to be, a, a being that has the physical and spiritual, emotional, intellectual parts that are integrated together as one. And so, God, thank you for sending your Son in the form of a body, forgiving your body for us, for showing us that it is good and it is okay to feel hunger and to eat because our physical bodies let us know that we need to, but also showing us that it is okay to show emotion with our body in the presence of loss. Thank you for giving us poems, for reminding us that you love us so much you put us together thoughtfully God, I pray that we would be a people who not only embrace fully the body that you've given for us, but that we would embrace fully the body that you've given to us. God, we acknowledge that our physical bodies are a gift from you, that you've put them together well. God, I pray that you would help us to pay attention to the physical cues that our bodies give us of rest, the need for rest, the need for drink, the need for sleep, the need for vacation. the need for fewer hours at work so that we can take care of these bodies that you've given us so that we, like you, can give our bodies for the sake of other people too. We pray these things believing that it's in your son's name. Amen. So at the end of every service, we use our bodies to sing. We use our bodies, some of us, to stand while we sing. We extend hands, we talk with people, we consume coffee, we do all kinds of different things with our bodies. And I think that's important. (laughs) Not only because God says things like we should raise our hands and we should praise him, not only because we have them, but because our physical bodies give us an array of senses that help our minds, our spiritual bodies participate in what it is that God has called us to do and to be, and that is to be his body, his people who bring transformation, as we say it here at sunrise, to transform the world with his grace and his love. And so I want to invite you to participate in how we close our service with your body in the way that you need to, 
whether that's staying seated, whether it's closing your eyes or standing and raising your hands and singing as loudly as you can, how will you use your body at the end of this service to not just celebrate that Christ gave you his body, but to celebrate the reality that he gave you your own? So do that with us as we sing this song and as we close our service.
And when he looks at us, he is pleased. So here's one thing I want you to do this week. This is going to feel crazy for some of you if you've never done it before, but I want you to do it anyway. And I'm not even going to check in with you to see if you did it. This week, maybe today, I want you to identify five things about your physical body that you're thankful for. And I want you to, in response to that, thank God for those things. And I want you to find somebody and tell them one thing you appreciate about them, their eyes. Tell your son you appreciate his eyes. Your daughter, you appreciate how she smiles, whatever it is. But let's not just celebrate the fact that God gave his body for us, but let's celebrate the fact that God gave us the bodies that we have to bring transformation of God's love and grace to the world around us. Sunrise, we love you. Have a fantastic week. And thank God for our bodies. We'll see you guys.